0: This is episode number 440 of the Healthy Fitness Podcast, brought to you by Inner Fight in association with our good show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. helping them a plug for a while, get on their meal plan, and also rate and review the podcast. We used to ask you to do this, some of you did it, and you get a bag full of Smith Street Paleo goodies if you live in the region. If you don't, we would appreciate if you rate and review the podcast anyway, but we can't send you a bag full of goodies because they might not be in very good shape by the time you get there. But we do appreciate everyone's support. Hop over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. It's what helps us to get to more people. Today, I'm joined by a new member of the InnerFight coaching staff. Tom Walker joins us as an endurance coach with a very interesting background, which we're going to jump into. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. mate. Right. Dubai, middle of summer. You decided when you wanted to join. How is things going so far?
1: Amazing. Yeah. So I decided to come out in the middle of the heat, but thought it was best option, get stuck in straight away.
0: <laughs> Mate, you've
1: recently let's jump into your recent past and then we'll sort of dig a
0: little bit deeper. You've recently finished your you you're not a young millennial, you're an older millennial at 28. You've recently just graduated from a sports science degree. Talk to us about that and also about the decision to go back to go to university aft like at 25.
1: Yeah. Uh the sports science degree was was a massive part of how I feel, you know, my journey in this in this industry. Uh, it's something I decided to do after not being able to get where I wanted to go, and I could see a blockade that was always coming up was not having a degree. Right. So I thought, right, let's get around this, go and get one, uh, do as much as I can in the three years I was there, and uh, come out the other side.
0: <laughs> Mate, I mean, you talk about some blockades that, y- that you're facing. What, what do you mean by that? Because I see a lot of people these days... <laughs> not going to university and doing all right. So what was it that inspired you or, or, or made you think that was a good idea?
1: Yeah, so I've always wanted to work uh, with sort of higher achieving athletes and yeah. contacting companies to do that. It was just always you needed a degree to be able to do it. So I could, I could see I was always going to be in the industry of sort of not lower level, not to, not to knock on people in the normal fitness industry, but yeah. if I wanted to progress further, I was going to need that degree. And, and it, they were so right. Yeah, it really is. It makes a difference, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Mate, we'll come back to your degree. Let's rewind to sort of the early days of Tom. The role, sort of what growing up was like. Unfortunately, we have to tell everyone that you're from Wales. Yep. And now we have two coaches from Wales, which is actually over our quarter. <laughs> but, um, what, what was life like for you growing up? And, and what was the role of sport in it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Pembrokeshire. Uh, which is as far west wales as you can go really beautiful place lovely beaches coast path um, lots of wildlife just a perfect place to grow up in my opinion and sport was a huge part of it Uh, obviously a lot of rugby
0: yeah is that is that is that where is that what you was that your first sport rugby was it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. from about six or seven
0: wow so and you played rugby all the way through i mean wales are not very good at rugby but it's played quite widely (laughs) here we go the cheap shots have started started, already um and that was a sport that you pursued for a long time was it
1: yeah yeah till i was basically till i was 21 wow yeah straight through all the the time
0: incredible so where i lost my trail of thought there so playing sport what what were you focusing on like what did you want to be when you left school, was there any was there any plans to go to university initially, no. or what what was the plan, mate? Growing up,
1: I never really had a plan. I knew I enjoyed playing rugby, so yeah. played rugby. Uh, I knew I didn't like education, so I tried to avoid <laughs> it as much as I could.
0: What didn't you like about it?
1: I just realised that in school we were learning things that I had absolutely no interest in, and but really? give me something that I could learn and was interested in. And I did really well in it. So I like, always enjoyed PE, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it wasn't until I did like my first uh, like, gym certificate that I actually got anywhere near an A. Right. Yeah, I just And never what, how did. old
0: were you when you did that?
1: I was, I think it was about two years after sixth form, so maybe 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and I just went to sixth form to carry on playing rugby, essentially. I didn't know what else <laughs> to do. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I mean, yeah, it must it must be an interesting mate. If you if you don't really like school and you didn't know what you wanted to do, like what was what was sort of going through your mind? Like, were you just I'm going to play rugby, I'm going to play rugby, and that was going to be it, or how does it go?
1: Yeah, I knew rugby wouldn't wasn't going to be the career. I wasn't. Yeah. I knew I wasn't good enough to sort of make it in that sense. But. Right. Yeah, I just used to just go with the flow and someone would say, this might be a good idea, I'd go and try that. And then this might be a good idea, I'd go and do that. I didn't really think that far ahead. And the same with A-levels, I started to do A-levels and I had no intention of doing well in them. What did you do for A-levels? I I did PE and design technology. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Classic.
0: But you you obviously enjoyed PE.
1: Yeah, but even by the end it was... I didn't enjoy it, I failed both horrifically (laughs) yeah, so even if I wanted to go to university I wasn't going to get in you
0: weren't going to get in, incredible mate. then sort of, you realised that you wanted to, at some stage you realised that you wanted to be in the fitness industry talk us through that a little bit
1: yeah, so I actually started working as a lifeguard um, for my local council pool Right. and after a year there they uh, put me on like a swim teaching course and then they put me on a gym instructor course and it was actually at the end of the gym instructor course the guy teaching us said all right you can now go and work anywhere in the world right and i was like i've just done a course that i've got my first a in i seem to be pretty good at it yeah um and now i can go and work anywhere in the world like it's really really cool so uh that kind of opened my eyes to what could be achieved within within the fitness industry but i still had no idea what i was doing
0: what was it about that so that's quite an interesting caption isn't it work anywhere in the world yeah like what what did what did you start thinking about
1: i think just getting out of uh, of pembrokeshire is quite a See, close-knit community exactly
0: we've led back to my first point about wales but <laughs> <laughs> that was his job um yeah so yeah. just traveler huh?
1: yeah i guess so i kind of hadn't thought about that that far and yeah. then someone just opened this door and i thought i'll step through that and
0: so what did you do then how did you step through it
1: uh so I was like, Well where you know, where needs fitness industry? Where where is the fitness industry and hospitality, you know, hotels? Yeah. So I went on Google, put in uh hotel gym jobs, <laughs> number one was Hilton. Really? Um, went on their careers website, they had one in Abu Dhabi, yeah. googled where's Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, I thought, Where's that? Really? Clicked apply, filled it out, and uh, about a month and a half later it was on a plane. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> that must have been quite uh, quite a whirlwind, especially yeah like you, know, you say you're from quite a close knit community. Obviously people, you know, people don't often just hop on a plane from close knit communities
1: like that no. into the middle of the desert. So
0: no. maybe talk us through a little bit what that was like, mate.
1: Um it was I think back to it now, and everything just kind of fell into place. It never felt like the wrong thing to do. Right. Um, I've got a pretty solid family that will call me out on when I'm doing right and wrong. Yeah. And no one said a thing. No one said, do you want to think about it a bit more? It was kind of just like, yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) And I applied uh, for a few other jobs in, like, the police and the fire service, and they denied me because of life. I hadn't got any life experience, so
0: hang on you're like 20 years old bro. I was like yeah exactly Incredible. so I was
1: like right this will show their moon's got life experience let's really? see yeah uh, let's see what we can do here yeah
0: <laughs> so like that within six weeks you're on a plane to Abu Dhabi yeah to to do what job at Hilton
1: so initially I was like fitness slash lifeguard like shocking position yeah uh, literally zero money a month living in not the nicest place, um, but the manager showed me a road path and said if you start doing this you'll yeah. achieve this and you'll get this so that was the plan and then after 2 months got promoted to being full time personal trainer there wow took on a class and i was there for another sort of 10 months 11 months as yeah. a working as a pt that's incredible yeah and in,
0: in, in probably i mean if you get into for folks that have worked in the fitness industry you 'll understand for those that don 't going into a big hotel chain like that at sort of the bottom of the recreation department pile is quite brutal
1: yeah it was it, but it opened my eyes i wouldn 't change it for the world Like yeah. you learn how little people really do make yeah. and, and how they're still so positive and yeah. look after their family as number one. Yeah, uh, It was an experience that, yeah, I wouldn't change for the world. It's
0: quite interesting as well because I remember you telling me about like, your living arrangements at that time. Yeah. Was just Talk us through that. Living. Yeah.
1: So I was told I would be uh, roomed up with someone of similar age in the same industry because yeah. um, they have big blocks of flats there and they say, yeah, you'll, you'll be sharing a, sharing a, a flat. Um, I didn't know at the time that meant sharing a room. Right. Uh, so I rocked up, and the f- they say for the first three days you're going to stay in the hotel and get acclimatized to you know the place and stuff. And right. I, I landed uh, really late in the evening. I my luggage got lost in Bahrain, so I Excellent. literally rocked up to Abu Dhabi airport with uh, right. a passport and a phone. Yeah. And driver picked me up and took me to this block of apartments that. Yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't the nicest. And I said, no, I'm going to the hotel. He said, no, I've been told to bring you here. Oh, wow. And it was like 11 at night. And uh, I said, all right, well, no, I'm not going to win this argument now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go inside and have a look. And it uh, turns out that the similar age was actually 40. Um, <laughs> the similar similar industry was he was a chef. I, wow. was, a, I was a fitness. And uh, he yeah a Filipino guy who barely spoke any English. Literally two single beds in a room with a wardrobe, shit ton of cockroaches. Really? (laughs) Yeah. What's going
0: through your mind, mate? I mean, that must have been incredible. 21 years old. You sort of just come into that environment. Yeah. Uh,
1: Did you just want to go home? Yeah, you just want to go home, essentially. You're like, right, what have I done here? Yeah. I sat on the bed and I thought, "I, I won't get through another night here. Really? And then I was just tired, so I just went to sleep yeah thought all right let's sort this out the next day yeah woke up the next day went into the hotel luckily my bag had arrived spoke to hr and they said it is what it is i'm afraid and i was like right well wow. i think wow. i'll be on a plane tomorrow and then spoke to family and things and obviously that always helps yeah and it was just like look tom you do what you can and if it doesn't work out we'll get you back and if it works out it works out and two months later i i stuck it out for two months and it <laughs> taught me a lot actually
0: I guess in in those early in those early parts, mate, it was sort of probably day by day, just looking for the positives and, and looking to gain a little bit of momentum in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was literally just get through each day. I'd wake up super early, get to the hotel, and I'd just shower and stuff there because didn't want to do it where I was. Like really? it was just just horrendous. Um, you wake up in the middle of the night, cockroaches on you, and by the end, by the end of the two months, it was just like not a problem. They were just. Mates, <laughs> they're just
0: part of you. That's incredible. Yeah, and mate, obviously working hard, you you get promoted. But you said you said you only stayed for another ten months. What was it? What was your next step?
1: Yeah, so I kind of just felt I would uh, I'd hit a bit of a dead end there um, in in Abu Dhabi. So I came back to the UK or went back yeah. to the UK, and I wanted to do my level three diploma in actual personal training. Right. Uh, which was really good to do at the time. I had a year's experience, so I wasn't right. like fresh into it. Yeah, right. um, And yeah, I started to learn a little bit more about what actually good science is and not this <laughs> uh, bro science that we get.
0: <laughs> what was it about the sort of fitness industry, mate? You've had that exposure in Abu Dhabi. What was it that sort of interested you and made you want to go back and study more and sort of pursue a career in it?
1: Yeah, I think it just offered me the lifestyle that I like um, around you know active people is number yeah. one you get to express motivational side um, I like to plan things so maybe the programming side of it and yeah. executing it I, I seem to enjoy yeah. I just can't really imagine doing anything else to <laughs> be honest fair enough <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it's uh, no it's is a very unique industry so you you went back and, and, and you did you do a diploma what where did it trend, like? Where did it move to from there? Then mate? it got me back out to Abu Dhabi, unfortunately. <laughs> Such a good story. Yeah. How how did you get? Why were you back out in Abu Dhabi? Uh,
1: I had it in my head that I was going to do this diploma, and suddenly everyone would come calling with a job. Yeah. Um, I went for about four interviews at David Lloyd and got through to like the last two on every one, but never got it. So I was in a bit of a, yeah. a bit of a sulking state, and then a yeah. client I had in the Hilton said, well, come out here, work for me one-on-one for a couple of months, and, wow. and off I went. Yeah. Really? So, I went so how long out. did you do that for? So, I did two months, and then I did a summer job back in the UK, yeah, working at a beastie camp uh, wow. with children, which was really interesting.
0: Yeah, talk to us about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I think I got the job because I'd, I'd had exposure to, to working with um, people out here in the Middle East, and obviously, with the the recent surge of fast food and and you know what we know is why a lot of the weight problems happen out here yeah uh, they'd come over to the uk and do a and do a essentially a, a fat camp if you like but it was called a weight loss camp and so i was tasked with doing the the personal training side of that so i'd get a class of of 10 to 15 children and have to sort out their class for each day and we did it for 10 weeks through the summer, and there were some wow. incredible stories yeah. that Sh- went on with share
0: it. Us, share some, mate, because I think this is a, it's obviously not sort of on topic with you, but it's a, it's a huge topic at the moment. Yeah. So it's a bit interesting to hear a little, few insights from that.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't, at the time, I didn't fully agree with the, the camp's ways. They were, it was like a zero-fat diet. But they were really good at educating the children on how they should be living in a healthier lifestyle. So they'd have to get up every morning, like get up early at seven, and you go outside and do like a morning warm-up routine. Wow. They weren't allowed their phones, which like this was 2002 times. So like yeah. every kid had a phone then, yeah. and they weren't allowed those and no laptops, nothing like that. Wow. And they were on a much more regimented eating habit. And I think what it taught them was like, you're not going to, die if you don't have your phone or, right. or food instantly. Yeah, uh, And then, yeah, there was a really good group of us, actually, who got to, like, take care of the kids and yeah. run the classes. And over the 10 weeks, the, the kids that stayed for 10 weeks, they're losing, like, 20 kilos. It was unreal. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Unreal. That must
0: be something very, sort of, very fulfilling to be part of.
1: Yeah, again, I didn't really think about it at the time. I, I realized afterwards, like, what it was. Yeah. At, at the time, it was just, like, yeah, you just a job and you just can't believe the kids are where they are but yeah yeah, I guess now thinking back it's something to be proud of
0: that was a summer definitely a summer well spent yeah continue the journey for us there mate what what happened next
1: so I I came back out to to Abu Dhabi and Dubai a few times after that with this uh with this other client which was really fun and that taught me that then made me learn actually I quite like specializing in certain things right um which was good fun but I knew it wasn't a reality so I, was, I got a job back home in Pembrokeshire at a bike shop uh, that my father owned, which... It was really good fun yeah. um, and then that started introducing me to endurance sport. I was going
0: to say was that sort of the first were you still playing rugby at this stage what, was, what, what sport were you doing when you for example started personal training
1: yeah I stopped playing rugby the last time I played rugby was when I first moved out to Abu Dhabi Right. Um, I finished playing out here when I was 21 I moved back to the UK with the intention to start playing again and it just never happened with work as you know the timings in this industry doesn't fit yeah. in with team sport too well not too well no so um I yeah I did CrossFit basically for right. a couple of years without calling it CrossFit. Yeah, I'd find a different way to train. Had a kettlebell, I'd carry it around with me wherever I went, and
0: <laughs> in the backpack. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> would do a bit of ad hoc training. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah, it wasn't till I started working at the bike shop and my old man used to take me out for a spin and absolutely rip my legs off. that I started thinking, right, I need to start doing something about this really cycling business. Yeah,
0: what was it that? was it the fact that he would literally rip your legs off mate or yeah is is that what sort of inspired you at the start yeah
1: there's only one sport i've not managed to beat him at now and it's squash and i think that's because we just don't get near a squash court anymore but (laughs) yeah something that was really good for me was you know i was never sort of given easy easy routes and i definitely appreciate that now
0: so you started cycling yeah was that what was, it, was the thought just beat dad or was the thought actually I really like cycling, I can get better at it? Or how did your sort of journey into endurance go?
1: I don't understand uh, why I do like cycling because at the end of the day, like, yeah, if you in somewhere beautiful, it's lovely. But like, no, nah, it wasn't uh, the fact that I enjoyed cycling. <laughs> it was pretty, you know, like Pembrokeshire Hills are, are rough. Yeah. So it must have been the fact of like, yeah, I need to start beating some people and, and do better myself. Uh, But I then started running as well and I uh, decided, I think I did a couple of sprint triathlons actually to begin with. Right. And then I wanted to raise some money for for two charities, uh, Wales Air Ambulance and the RNLI. So I did, I entered a three-day ultra run called the Atlantic Challenge.
0: Right. What's And that
1: was 2014. And that's three marathons back-to-back on uh, the coast path. You run North Cornwall to South Cornwall. Wow. So I think around that point, I started to up my running a bit more, which obviously tied in with a bit more cycling and things. Why would you enter
0: something like that,
1: mate? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was it that made you enter it? Um, I needed a goal. I definitely missed playing rugby. I missed the the team interaction and yeah. and like having that. You know, each each week there's a game you work towards. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd done the sprint triathlons and like, really enjoyed the competition side of it. Right. And I don't know. I don't know why I entered it. Really? I, could, I couldn't tell you. Oh, I did, a, I did a marathon on the coast path in Pembrokeshire. Yeah. Uh, so I did the last day of this thing that was in Pembrokeshire, right. which was a marathon. And then someone said, oh, you know, people have done two more before this. And I was just like, what? Really? And the following year i was like that'd be really cool to run the three in the following year they yeah. weren't hold it, they didn't hold it in pembrokeshire they hold it held it in cornwall right so that's why i entered it so a
0: marathon a day for three days
1: for three days yeah
0: how did you enjoy that experience so i mean this is you've done a couple of sprints but sprints are over an a, hour and a half yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know and this is like a big three day is was that the first time you'd actually run or like the second time you'd run a marathon really
1: yeah, so my first marathon was off-road on Coast Path. Yeah. I then ran a 50k in training for this three As days. Do, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, it was this. So it, it was intense, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Talk us through it, mate. Three days, marathon a day. Three days, marathon a day. Ended up with about one toenail at the end, I think. Really? Yeah. Um, and I just sort of saw it that I was raising money. Yeah. So obviously not going to stop or quit you just got to get through the days. I think they're around like five hour days. It wasn't right. horrendous. I yeah. just thought it was a, like your coast path. So you're not yeah. going to run all of it. You got to walk a bit. Right. But I actually got quicker as the days went on. Really? Yeah. So on the third day was your fastest? Yeah. Thursday <laughs> tore it up. It was great fun. <laughs>
0: That's incredible, man. Yeah. So that was, that was, if we say baptism of fire, you're, you're locked in for endurance, really, Yeah, through, through something like that.
1: Oh, I knew then I would be doing it for a while. Really? Yeah, definitely. And
0: where, where does the sort of going back to or going to university piece fit in with the puzzle now?
1: Yeah, so I realized then that, you know, I need to start uh, obviously thinking career, career-wise what we're going to do. And I thought maybe S&C coach yeah. would be cool, physio uh, my mum's a physio, so I'd always sort of thought I'd like quite like to do that. Kind of like the science of it. Yeah. You just obviously aren't going to get those jobs without without your degree yeah so. quite
0: difficult to be a doctor or a physio without yeah stuff. <laughs> people ask questions a lot yeah. <laughs> i think that's why they all have those uh, the plaques up in their surgeries just to prove that they actually got yeah, it but exactly most of them probably just buy them down in karama from what i've experienced but still yeah <laughs> carry
1: on uh so i think my last trip out here i decided right i'm gonna go and get a degree yeah so i i actually a bit of a typical me really applied i had a look at what i wanted to do yeah I really wanted something that was, a, that I could be, that was applied, so right. I knew if it was all theory, I'd struggle. Yeah. So I found an applied uh, course, yeah. and then I thought, yeah, I'm going to apply for the master's. <laughs> Obviously. I'm going to get I a master's. Failed my
0: A-levels, I'm going to apply for the master's, yeah. as, as you do. Like, yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> I got four years
1: experience in this industry, I know what I'm doing, yeah. like, step aside. So uh, I did, I applied for a master's, and, and Julie got turned down pretty Quickly, <laughs>
0: so what? So you apply for a masters, get turned down. Then what do you do then?
1: Then I rang up the university that, that uh, which was Southampton Solent, yeah. and i said, "Right, who can I speak to that's in charge of the masters applications?" And they said this guy. So I rang through and I said, "Have you got five minutes?" And he said, very quickly, yes. Really? Said, so you
0: just picked up the phone randomly and just went, I want to speak to the guy who yeah. basically turned me down. Yeah,
1: why not? You can't just send an email saying, no, I need to know why. You're right. <laughs> uh, and he said, well, why don't you tell me about researching papers? And I said, what's uh, so a paper? You know? he, so he's got
0: you on the first question.
1: Yeah. So, and he kind of schooled me as to actually like, you know nothing. Right. So I said, right. He said, but look, the degree you can, you'd can, be able to do. Right. Um, but you need to apply through the proper process. Okay. I said, well, I'm going to A-levels, and I'm not getting any UCAS points, and I'm certainly not going to go do a foundation yeah. thing. So uh, he said, well, come to an open day, and you can meet us, and we can meet you. And I was like, okay. So I looked at the open days and I couldn't make any of them. Why? I just I think it clashed with work or something like right. that. Okay. Um, so I said, right, when are you free? Uh, can I come and meet you one-to-one? And he was, turns out, he was free two days after doing the ultra, right. three-day ultra thing right. in Cornwall. So I rocked up at the university uh, well hobbling badly. Yeah. Yeah. I could only fit on, I'd only managed to fit on flip-flops. Right. And I was like, I can't turn up in Yeah, that in wouldn't be a look, would it? No. Yeah. So um, rocked up in some espadrilles. Yes, met the do. guy yeah and he was giving me a tour around and I'm thinking like, I really don't want to be walking here this, is, <laughs> this isn't this fun and there's a lot of stairs there Right. and uh, halfway through the meeting I could see blood starting to appear through the canvas of my espadrilles no on my way. toes and he goes uh, you are right." and I was like yeah I actually did an ultra on the weekend and uh, he was like oh right what sort of ultra I was like yeah three days marathons yeah. he goes oh okay and it kind of like changed the whole feeling of wow. the room and uh, pretty much, he then just said, "Look, you do an ultra, you can you can do a degree." And it was like it was quite funny because it was it was a three stage ultra, and it's yeah. a three year degree, and it's like you start off slow, and then yeah. by the final year, <laughs> like, you're flying. <laughs> I was like, "This this is yeah, it's same, timing quite same. well." Yeah. yeah. So, any—I mean, on the spot, he's like, "You're in," or he was like, "As I'd imagine, as long as you apply, you'll get a response getting you in." Wow! And uh, I literally did. Yeah, I applied when the open thing happened, and uh, two days later, got the got the all clear.
0: So, what was it like, mate? You're 25, and you've you've had some quite worldly experiences. I mean, like you told us before, landing in Abu Dhabi, living in a cockroach-infested yeah. sort of flat, making no money. You know, to then go back and like four years later 25 to go back to university to start the learning process again talk us through that a little bit because it must have been quite different
1: yeah um it taught me what like dropping your ego means yeah like essentially i soon learn in the first few weeks there that like yeah what you think you know and you've read out of like magazines and stuff yeah like half of it is just crap like, really yeah and how uh,
0: how do you verify that statement that's so very official of me but like yeah <laughs> like. uh
1: so like people might say like oh don't eat after six yeah and then it's like well what is the actual science behind that
0: right okay so and, and the there's like zero right do what right. i mean yeah so
1: i learned that and i just realized i was like i got really locked into it and i was like okay this interests me right um so i know i've made the right decision Obviously, a lot of my other classmates were there for different reasons, yeah. uh, and I was like, I had it in my head. I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get a degree, and here to really. To get so it you're done. the
0: guy that's just sat at the front of the class, just on your own doesn't want to speak to anyone just I'm here to learn
1: I'm here to learn yeah wow. I definitely wasn't at the front I was like i just be out of <laughs> the way somewhere like in the corner hoping that corner. no one like bought it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is that old guy over there
1: yeah did the you feel one.
0: old mate yeah, like,
1: yeah to did begin you? with there was this one of the guys year similar there, age right? but yeah most of the people are 18 and like wow. and like but they don't know like if I was there at 18 like they, I mean they were way smarter than I was at 18 yeah. so I kind of yeah. respected that that yeah. they could be there and yeah, it was I remember when I was
0: at university, we used to have a few, what do they call them, mature students. Yeah, and mature. i was yeah. like, who's the dodgy creep up in the yeah, corner? exactly. Sort of and I'm like, I'm the dodgy creep. <laughs> yeah, now you're the dodgy <laughs> creep. So you didn't want to fit in. You just wanted to get the knowledge.
1: Yeah, pretty much, mate. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And how, how? it must have been an interesting sort of adjustment from going from being sort of out in the world and working to now coming back to studying. What, how did you adjust to that?
1: well the first year was great like, What's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think i had about eight hours of uni a week really yeah and so what do I, you do with your time uh i saw it as like right let's start training so it was when right. i started seriously taking well taking triathlon a bit serious yeah. I, I had to work as well but yeah um i think i was working part-time with like Nuffield health at the, in my first year doing what uh personal training right yeah okay. yeah and then uh yeah i just train it's right. great
0: so you're now full on into triathlon
1: yeah pretty much yeah I was lucky enough to be supported with some bikes from from the shop Um, and so I had no excuse I was like I've got no excuse here to not be to be doing my best what
0: and was it still bike was your favourite
1: run oh I don't know it was around the time I started breaking my feet Pretty uh, regularly, and breaking having injuries. Your feet. Yeah.
0: How do you break your feet? Like literally uh, breaking bones.
1: You're breaking metatarsals. Yeah. 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 So running became a bit of a burden. Right. Cycling. <laughs> yeah. Cycling. Broken feet. it's yeah. uh,
0: Slightly challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It was>. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, so so you have to cycle more.
1: Yeah. So I cycled more. Uh, certainly through my second year, I had a really yeah. bad injury year. Then. Right. So it's just bike, 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 and and getting better at swimming. Yeah.
0: How and i hear that a lot from people like I, I just need to get a bit better at swimming talk yeah. to us like let's jump into a little bit on triathlon that's that's obviously what you you're, you're coaching here yeah like how was the balance for you at the start how was the motivation at the start to run bike or swim and how did you sort of put it all together
1: so i knew enough about bike and and run to be able to plan swim wise uh it's never been my strongest although right. i i taught Kids to swim. Right. I sort of I was swim fit in terms of like being enough for a lifeguard, but I'd never swam over like enough for a sprint triathlon. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So the best thing I did was actually got down and joined the club, Um right. Joined Southampton Tri Club, and that, that made me swim twice a week. And yeah. then I joined the uh, the university club as well, so I had three swim sessions a week, and I was getting absolutely smashed. Really? And yeah. And I was like, I need like I can't swimming on my own is a complete false reality. I need to. Yeah to step this up so
0: I guess lesson number one for people that are listening that are involved in, or are interested in getting into sort of triathlon that suck a little bit at swimming is join a swim club
1: yeah get in with a swim club or someone who can come along and watch you yeah, yeah.
0: is there a, what how much is there to it mate because it seems that <laughs> of the people that I speak to have swum as youngsters swimming's a big part of almost part of curriculums in schools but how much like how bad have people become or how bad were they anyway and like what, what do you see with people swimming is what I'm getting to
1: I think there's a difference between swimming to stay alive, which is normally what you're taught, <laughs> like in school, and then and then if you see the squad swimmers, so yeah. like kids who are in the pool from like six yeah. through to till they're eighteen and swimming like two a days, and yeah, like there's there is a huge difference in that, and and that's just that's just technique. Yeah, it's it's technique. Just based. knowing
0: how to swim and just drilling that technique over and over.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very technical sport. So,
0: what is the advice to people that are? that don't really favor swimming and that maybe are from that category of swimming to stay alive like how are these guys that work nine to five have commitments how are they supposed to be getting better at swimming in, in, in for
1: triathlon now you've got to put the time in yeah I think you, you've got to recognize your weakness yeah if it's swimming fine let's work on it like it's not going to get better on its own, yeah. and it's not like you can train other disciplines that's going to help with it. You know, right. like if you're a bad runner, you can get fit through cycling yeah. or, or like CrossFit and then yeah. transfer it to running. Yeah. You aren't going to do that with swimming. You need Nothing's to get transferable. I would say very little really. is transferable to the pool. Yeah.
0: So if I do loads of shoulders and get absolutely jammed, yeah. it doesn't make me fast. It's not going to help. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so get in the pool. That's the. That's really the. Yeah. And should and it be the pool or should it be the ocean, mate?
1: well where where's your race going to be yeah if you're doing sprints more yeah. likely it's going to be pool if, right. it, if you're out here obviously they use the ocean a lot more yeah. in the uk it tends to be if it is ocean you need to get used to being in rough you know rough <laughs> seas windy. Cold. yeah a little bit cold yeah. sometimes they do lakes right. so yeah you can go either way with it but to get technical get in the pool yeah. and, and and regular so yeah. one big swim a week isn't going to cut it right you know get in three times a week if you can, and it only need to be half an hour's yeah uh, once you 're practicing bad technique, so your form goes, just get out yeah get out and and get yourself back in the next day
0: i mean mate you obviously you practiced a lot and and you you developed quite quickly through triathlon whilst also studying at university and, and last year you actually raced in the world championships for. which is half Ironman. Talk to us through that, because that's a quite, from only really getting involved in your first year in university, and then by your third year, you're racing the World Championships. That's a pretty quick progression.
1: Yeah. So I'd raced a little bit before my first year. I think I'd done maybe two or three middle distance, which is 70.3. But the first year of uni, I thought I'm going to take this a bit more serious. And so I entered... Iron Man, actually, in my second year at uni. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, uh, I entered Bolton Iron Man UK. Nice. And uh, so all my training was based on on that essentially. Right. And it now I look back, it was pretty pretty bad training to be honest. It was. Right. <laughs> it was Did you write it yourself it. or? Yeah, I bought Joe Freels' book. Right. Uh, of course. Yeah, pretty legend. Yeah. And, uh, and then thought, yeah, I probably know a bit more about this about myself than he does. So I'll take his stuff and I'll adapt it to me. And really, yeah. So, and then I I had a few injuries leading up to it. Yeah. But I knew in my head, I was like, you know, knowing you've got ultras in the bank in your mind, you know, you're not going to fail. Um, it's just about how fast you can get, you can be going. So, I did uh, Bolton uh, in July, yeah. and then I had. Um, 7.3 Dublin, like I think four weeks later.
0: Wow, which is quite short—a sh- very short time window for, for for getting over for recovering from a u- full Iron Man.
1: Yeah, but I think it did me a favor to be honest. I, right. I was probably under trained going into Iron Man, right. and like, Iron Man was like just a big training. So day. So it's like I was going to say,
0: <laughs> oh, "This is a nice 12-hour training day." Thanks for coming. Yeah,
1: wow. uh, and then yeah, went to Dublin and. Yeah, it was quite a funny lead up. Got stung by a weaver fish in the week leading up, and then got stung by a jellyfish during the swim. So, like, wow. everything was there to, for me not to have a good race. Yeah. But, um, cracked on with it. I think it was the second year I'd done that course. Right. So, I knew it, and I'd, the first year I did it, I'd stopped to, like, go to the toilet, and I was so mad at myself. for Like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. And yeah. so, I was really driven to get it done. Yeah. And, uh, got fifth place in my age group. Wow. And then the places, there was three slots and yeah. the, the first two didn't want them or had already qualified. So right. it rolled down to me and I had a bit of a thing like, oh, I shouldn't really take it because I'm not in the top three officially, yeah. but yeah. I, I was like, yeah, top five will do. Top five's and good. Yeah. So yeah. So how do
0: you juggle that, mate? How did you juggle your final year at university? You're obviously pretty busy there. You're involved in some other projects and jobs as well and your training.
1: Yeah. I had, um, I had a pretty regimented uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> Talk us through it. So I was lucky enough in my second year to get an internship with uh, my university's uh, high performance academy, right? which was great, but that, that took up about five hours of my week, and, and I had set days. I had to be there, coach for four hours, and then it was about an hour programming and workshopping, which right. was really good. Yeah. Um, I was working, I, had, I was running my own sort of triathlon coaching business as well, like remote yeah. coaching, yeah. then obviously university work and um, and training, so... I, I learned then to sort of start managing my time yeah. planning properly and not just sort of thinking day by day actually start thinking a bit further ahead and yeah, right. you've got a huge goal of the world championships which had gone sort of gone out of the way I'd, I'd done that in the September so coming into my last year yeah. I was like right I need to like take the energy I was putting into that goal yeah. and now I need to make it happen in my final year with, with yeah. education so yeah, I actually had an off season, which was quite, quite weird. <laughs> I,
0: I think it. I think it definitely proves that, like, although triathlon multi-discipline and 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 to get all the training in, you were doing a lot of things. You, you, you're studying, you're working, and you're training at the same time. So yeah. your weeks were pretty busy. It probably shows that people can. Can do it, like it, it can of work. Of course,
1: yeah. Like, of course, they can. Your
0: university was maybe like having a couple of kids, like they take up a lot of time, and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I think I think that's a very very good message, mate. You managed to make it work, and obviously you came out of university with the with the highest marks that you could have. Tell us about that, show off, mate. Come on. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, I think uh, the goal when I first went to university was just to get a degree. Yeah. And I, you know, if you said you'd get a first, I'd have bitten your hand off. Really. Second year, I did okay. And, I, and a couple of the teachers said to me you know you could get a first and I thought I imagine if I could get a first and then I just really? like right I'm going to get a first so really I, uh, I picked the subjects I was strongest in and enjoyed the most which were what uh, physiology yeah really enjoyed um, trying to think what else I picked strength conditioning yep uh, was a strong one for me uh, sports science support which is more of like an all rounded looking after athletes right and uh, biomechanics, which isn 't my strongest in certain areas, but I really enjoyed the biomechanical side of it, yeah, like right. movement and things, yeah, and so I was like, going right, to pick those, and i 'm just going to go all in on it yeah. and uh, yeah, did got got enough well, yeah, got more than enough to get a, a first class Incredible degree, man. so I was really pleased and i didn 't realize how much I wanted it until I actually got it, and then yeah. I thought. I'd have been so disappointed if I'd got a (laughs) (laughs)
0: 2-1. I'm not sure if I even got a 2-1, but I've got a bit of paper somewhere, so that's okay. (laughs) Mate, talk to us about those components, because if we go back to sort of what we can apply and some of the coaching you're going to do, we see a lot in endurance sports injuries due to lack of strength, poor movement, poor conditioning. So talk to us about your studies on that and how you're going to transfer those studies or have been transferring those studies into helping athletes.
1: Yeah, so... Movement efficiency is obviously really, really key. A lot of people yeah. think, get better at running, let's just go running. And it's like, yeah, that'll work to an extent, but like, why don't we get you better at running that means you can keep running after you've already ran? Because most people run, they're so tired they're hurt, they stop for a week or so, and then they yeah. get back to it once they feel better again. Yeah. So I started to develop a bit of an interest in how people move yeah. and, and do run, and also bike fitting. I was trained in bike fitting for my days at the, at the shop. Right. That really interested me. So I took those two components and started to work a bit more in within coaching with them and saw saw it paying off. Yeah. And then I, during my uh strength and conditioning internship, I you know, at the beginning you think, right, you're gonna give smash these athletes and but actually they do so much training of their sport that they're meant to be doing. Like they're high level athletes. Yeah. So like I had a rower for example and like they're spending like twelve hours a week in the boat on the erg, yeah. rowing wow. and they're coming into you and you're like, well, I've got to make this person stronger and Apparently, better conditioned yeah and, right. and what it really comes down to is no you've got to make them move better and get them to be you know in a better position so they're not going to get injured so how do how do we do it mate
0: because you said you said something there or we, we've talked about time as well like triathlon generally triathlons or triathletes are often training twice a day just to sort of fit everything in through a week yeah it could be sort of 12 hours 16 hours of training what should people be doing should they be adding on top or should they be for a certain time period taking away to fix the issues that you've been speaking about there
1: yeah i think in certain cases if the issue is causing like a chronic problem yeah so let's go with uh knee pain when people are running yeah like running on it just isn't going to help and you can do all the strength stuff on it if you're still running and you're still getting pain then yeah you need to stop running for a bit let's look at what what's going on with your knee yeah and help to fix it if uh if it's not causing you pain when you run but you realize that you could get faster if you can be better so say you've got a bit of a valgus at the knee and you think oh, if, if i could keep my knee straight when i run and get a better ground contact time yeah. that's going to help me run faster so it's like okay keep running and we'll work we'll add in a session but even then it's like we'll probably just adapt your warm-up a little bit right and that's where people need to just you need time when you when someone comes on board to like yeah. sit down with them and just like paint a picture of what is going on to help them map it out. So by that you
0: mean like I like what you said there. Adapt their warm up a bit. So if you've got a run set that lasts sort of forty minutes and fifteen to twenty minutes of that, or forty minutes of actual running, fifteen to twenty minutes could be a warm up or a cool down. You just change the approach there, so you can actually use that time yeah. to 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 work on them really.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think. Warm ups are so underutilized. Like people just jog on the spot for a bit, stretch their hamstring, and off they go. And then you got to crack your neck as well. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, one, Cra-
0: one side to the other, crack the neck. Maybe a few of these ones. If you're watching <laughs> the video version, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think, I love that point as well, mate. Because I think some some basic movement and and, and some simple basic movement actually avoids issues that we could face down the road. Whereas yeah. When, we, when endurance athletes generally look at strength and conditioning, they're like, I don't have time to fit it in. Yeah. But it can be so much simpler,
1: can't it? It's so much simpler. And talk, to
0: us, sorry, talk to us a little bit about, like, you've done, you've done a couple of classes here already in a fight. You do them on a Monday and a Wednesday, good plug, 6 a.m. Yeah. to 7 a.m. Don't be late. Uh, don't be late. They're open to anyone. Just come pay. Get involved. It's all good.
1: Um, what, what does that class look like, mate? So it's... Uh it's, so it's, it's called Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Athletes. And a question I've had so far is, uh, I want to get better at endurance. And it's right. like, right, it's, it's not going to be a really hard CrossFit class. Yep. Your heart rate is going to stay pretty low throughout of it. We're looking yep. at movement efficiency yep. and mechanics. Right. So I start the class off with a pretty standard warm-up that I actually want people to be able to learn and take away a lot of... Uh, trainers like hold on to their exercises like don't watch (laughs) i'm like take this and use Use it it, yeah i want to see you doing this tuesdays track tuesday i want to see you doing it at kudra people looking at you weird they're (laughs) all exercises that they're body weight you don't need any equipment yeah just get on and get them done absolutely they take 10 minutes right yeah so we do that and then we go at the moment the first thing i the biggest feedback i got was people want to run better so right. we're going through some run skills some run drills right and that is just getting people to be aware of where their feet are actually landing and yeah. what their balance is like yeah. when they're running because some people you see them waving all over the track they're all over the shop their knees hit their ankles here and it's like well that's because When you land, like, your body doesn't know where it is in space.
0: (laughs) That's because they learned to run in a 70s disco. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so a lot of it's awareness, right? Awareness, definitely. Yeah. And uh, I take a few different models. Some of it is plyometrics. Yep. Uh, A lot of it is just, like, run skills and drills. Don't bombard them with it because, actually, it's quite, like, neurologically quite demanding. And if you haven't done a lot of it, you're going to be pretty smoked for the next day. So we just do 10 minutes of that. And then I get some strength work in, so right. I want to hit the big components yep. of strength. So uh, Monday we did we did squat, and actually I got them to work down to a to a two rep max. So we do a bit of uh, percentage of of max reps work right. to really make it like utilize their time because you know yeah. people are busy here i don't want yeah. them just coming in and squatting getting sore legs and leaving yeah, i want them right. to come in and like right today you're squatting at, you're doing three sets of 90 percent, and we're going to yeah. do a back off set at 50 and why right. because that's going to help your muscular endurance right and you're not going to leave smoked you're going to leave feeling better about it yeah and over time you're going to feel a progression so like i want people to be coming along to like 10 sessions in a row and right. and moving up yeah but I don't want people leaving, like, not being able to walk, which is what I think was happening a few times. Endurance athletes come to, like, the CrossFit classes. Yeah, and they're exactly. like, the class is great. I feel yeah. really good. Yeah, but, then but I can't do bikes I yet. can't bike the next day. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we do that, and then we finish on your favorite, mate, with a bit of core work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: there <laughs> we go. We can, uh, mate, talk, talk to us about that, because in, in, in there was one thing you said there, and I, I know on a bike it's super important, but what we see a lot in running is people have such problems poor core stability yeah. that their body they're literally their body their upper body is moving around like they are a disco like it they they probably dance or they probably run like they <laughs> dance and they probably dance like they should be it's a disaster right i don't want to
1: see whatever the weather i don't <laughs> want to see what it is but yeah. yeah if they do dance like they run then uh, we've got some problems here yeah. in the discos
0: <laughs> there's no coordination but all of that is rooted in
1: in in their core it's in core and then stance phase of the run yeah. so but if you've got poor core you're going to struggle with stance phase during running so what i'm looking to do is essentially connect like the upper body yeah. so like the shoulders and the head which are heavy parts of the body yeah be able to connect that in a stronger way yeah. to the lower body what yeah. so when you do stance you're not it's not your balance if you're off balance it's not knocking you off to the side you're able to maintain a strong core the whole time so it's a lot of holds yeah um you know all angles so working front yeah. back obliques yeah. uh, transverse abdominus that's really important for, for transverse
0: abdominus if you remember yeah. one word from this show take that one <laughs> that one and also makes
1: super important for for cyclists as well cyclists swimmers yeah. you know there's a certain element of rotation to swimming you yeah. need to work anti-rotation and controlled rotation not yeah. just flopping over <laughs> and then people wailing with their arm coming in everyone's next.
0: thinking do i flop when i swim yeah
1: you, you probably do <laughs> um (laughs) And then for cyclists like the biggest thing we see in bike fit is like controlling posture on the bike. And I, something the other day came out about like, Oh, core work for cyclists is rubbish. And it's like, you just can't say that. If you didn't have your core, you just chin the handlebars every time.
0: You'd just be falling on the handlebars. So core work
1: is absolutely essential for cyclists. And I don't know what people have in their head that core work is, Yeah. but it's something as simple as like warming up properly using your core. Yeah. Like that is core work. Yeah. And
0: I think as well, Matt. I think there's a little bit of a like, Is core work, just sit-ups, you know, and that's what people think. And that's why I spend a lot of time sort of trying to help people to understand what posterior chain is, especially, like, I feel it when I run a lot, like, you are, we're naturally, pretty much everyone's very quad dominant. We don't use our hamstrings enough. We don't use our glutes enough. And they're actually a lot bigger. So it's actually engaging those muscles, bringing them into play to help us perform
1: better yeah exactly so, so you you want to do more work with less demand on the muscles essentially
0: yeah mate
1: let's jump back to to to, to you
0: personally obviously you're still you're still quite young you still have Thank goals <laughs> doesn't look it you still have goals in triathlon share with us some of your triathlon goals
1: yeah um well very short term as i thought i'd uh, have a crack at going to south africa again this year for the world champs yeah race at stafford and Still don't know if I would have got a slot or not. The presentation (laughs) went on too late. I had to leave. But yeah, yeah, it did okay there. And then now it's all values are focused on uh, European... A middle distance, which is in October, in uh, in Ibiza of all places. Oh, God. so we're going in a fight party in Ibiza. In a
0: fight party in Ibiza, there we
1: go. Yeah. And lo-
0: longer term goals for for endurance, mate.
1: I think for any any triathlete, well, in in the sort of middle to long distance, Kona, yep. Kona is the goal. Yep. So I'll race uh, a few more times, try and go to the World Championships for seventy point three, which is next year in Nice. So that'll nice. be a really beautiful nice place nice. to go and, yeah. and do. And yeah. then, yeah, at some point. Hopefully, early next year, I'll, I'll choose an Ironman and try and qualify to go to Kona.
0: Kona, if you don't know, folks, go and just Google it. It is the mecca of triathlon. It's where the first Ironman race was completed. Yeah, although it was
1: something like it was on a different island. Yeah. They get a bit funny about they it. They do I don't still, know. yeah. It's not about where it is. It's more about, I just want to go and like, compete with the best and, and say that, you've been, you know. Yeah.
0: And that's where, the, the, although the the 70.3, the half-distance World R- Championships move around, the full-distance Ironman is always in Hawaii, Kona, Hawaii every yeah, year. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good. Uh, it's supposed to be quite special. Yeah, pretty good side effect to qualifying as you get to go to Hawaii. Yeah, which uh, obviously
0: brings its, brings its benefits as well, get to cycle through all the big lava fields, and as yeah. Flanners has told me before on the marathon, dropped a bottle on the road and it burnt into the road within a few seconds. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a bit of drama. Like Flanners back to me. <laughs> 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 He's a bit of drama. Mate, let's wrap things up. And as we do with everyone that we have on the show, you should be no different. I want to, A, appreciate you for, for coming on the show and, and, and obviously for, for being with us here. But I want to ask you a simple question to close things out. Is Along the way, you've obviously had a lot of great experiences in your 28 years so far, and you've done <laughs> some very cool stuff. If you could wrap everything up in one piece of advice that you want to leave the listeners with, what would that be?
1: Oh, I think it would... Just go with your gut instincts yeah. and you'll end up doing what you want to do and just enjoy it.
0: Awesome. That has been Tom Walker. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks a lot for tuning in. Tom, thanks for your insights. You. If you want to get in touch with Tom, if you want to pay for any of the services that he offers, either that are on the menu or that aren't, TW at He'd love to hear from you, Tom. Thanks very much and best of luck. Cheers, mate. Thank you.